And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. All right, here we go. It is episode 151. If there's something you need to know about one, not even the UFC could come through with episode 151. That fight got taken away. It got buried. There, you go and look it up. You won't even find a UFC 151 because they couldn't handle the pressure of doing it. But Josh Thompson and myself with Gian on the controls because podcast Dave is on the road. He's moving to Texas. We are back and we want to apologize for our horrible sound on the last show. Yes, we knew about it, but it came down to the point of we either put it out or we didn't put out a show at all, so we try to give you something, even though we gave your ears a lot of pain. So we apologize for that, but this one will be much better. We promise, and we got a lot of good things to talk about. So Joshua Thompson with that beanie on. What's up, beanie boy? How you doing, hey, baby? I think we both decided no hats anymore, so I came prepared for it I with know. a beanie. Look at <laughs> I, got, I don't put it in beanie, you some bitch. I didn't hurt. Oh, man. It's just so hard at 5 in the morning to like, run out of your house and be like, you know what? I'm not doing my hair, and I'm, I don't want to just throw a hat on. I was like, forget it, man. Just a beanie. So, yeah. Um, look, we I know John already said it, but we want to apologize for the audio uh, malfunctions we had you know, last show. That being said, a lot of you guys reached out to us on Twitter, especially myself, and you said, hey, if you guys were going to mess up on one show, I'm glad it was the talk about Logan and Jake Paul. <laughs> I love that. A lot of the show was about those guys signing with uh, Showtime and those guys and who potentially they may fight if they're going to fight MMA, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we just want to thank you guys for continuing to follow us, subscribe to us, and all those other issues, as well as I noticed that our audio platforms and listens have gone up. Um, we normally, you know, are in the say the, the fifteen to twenty thousand range for people listening on the audios. They jumped up beyond that, which is actually very nice. I'm very happy. I'm glad you guys are listening to uh, listening to us, and we're asking you guys to subscribe to our audios, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, all those all those platforms as well. So we want to thank you guys for that. Um, also, it is the weekend, uh, Memorial Day weekend. So please, one thing I want to say: please don't drink and drive. Um, I just had one of my members lost his son, he's 13 years old, in a drinking driving accident. Uh, someone got on the freeway the wrong way, and I want to please just say, please do not drink and drive. Enjoy your weekend. Um, celebrate the memory of our troops, and I want to thank you guys. Please also go to prowrestlingtees.com/slash weighing in. Use the promo code and still get a Memorial Day uh, weekend shirt. Camouflage says thank you on it. Memorial Day as well as the American flag. We want to thank you guys uh, for supporting us. And we've seen that the uptick in, in purchases have gone up as well. So thank you guys for that. Hey, stick with us. We're getting there. We're right there. I think we're at 90, what, 99.9 I think is what we're at now. So probably only about 50 new subscribers or something like that. We need to get to 100,000. That's because uh, everyone we wanna... went to their Uncle Goober. <laughs> we want to thank you guys. We want to thank you guys. So uh, from the bottom of our heart, we really do appreciate it. We're almost at that biggest milestone, and we would thank you guys for being uh, fans and listening to us. Um, Gian's going to be here right now running the news for us. So, John, let's get into some news. What you got for us there? Gian. I'm not going to call you Gian. Gian. You, you haven't deserved that title yet, so I'll just call you Gian, okay? Uh, first one is Michael Venipage shows interest on joining the UFC while still being under contract with Bellator. Yep. Look, this kind of hits home with us, you know, you and I. It's it's a kind of a smart look. It's a smart play a little bit, but not a smart play. Uh, like, if you speak like that, and you've been with the promotion for as long as you have, and they've kind of helped build you up as much as they can, 
But it is a smart play because I believe his contract's coming up here shortly, and he is 34 years old, and we've said for the longest time that he needs to start stepping up to fight proper, you know, a little bit tougher competition. The one person that he fought was the toughest competition was uh, Douglas Lima. He has had great, he has had good performances against very tough fighters. He made the Derek Anderson fight look good. People don't realize how good Derek Anderson is. Now, technically, he's not very sound, but he is a dog. He's somebody that just walks forward. If I was to compare him against somebody, I'd probably say like a Diego Sanchez. I mean, if I was going to compare Derek Anderson, like someone, like I would oh, say kind of oh, like I that. Thought, like I someone that just MVP. I was like, no, no, I'm no, no. I was talking about Derek thing. Anderson. No, <laughs> I was talking about Derek Anderson. Someone who, like, he, you hit him, he wants to hit you back. He's, he throws caution in the wind and just starts throwing down. That's his style of fighting. So if I was going to compare, and you guys are thinking, like, oh, the most current Diego Sanchez. That is not what I, I'm talking about, like, a guy who just throughout his career has always been a dog. Just always wanted to fight, throw down, and get after it. That would be, to me, a comparison to Derek Anderson um, fighting MVP. MVP, um, it really comes down to... This could be a little bit of a money play. This could also piss off uh, the promotion, Showtime, Scott Coker, everything. But, I mean, realistically, at 34 years old, have at it, man. You're going to fight. I don't know. I'm hearing that he might be next in line after the Amosov and Lima fight, that he might be next in line to fight for the title. I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is, I mean, those comments probably won't make it go over any better. And if he does go, the only fight that I've ever wanted to see him fight in the UFC was the Stephen Thompson fight. You know, to me, that was the biggest fight that I wanted to see. I wanted to see that. Like, look, I'm here. I'm a, I'm a nerd when it comes to this type of stuff. John is, too. No matter what he tells you, he's a freaking nerd. Oh, I'm nerd. a nerd. Okay? Oh, he's a nerd. So Fight when it nerd. comes down to, like, fights that we want to see. Now, don't get me wrong. I think in, in, if he was to, if I was to match him up against guys like Usman, I think he'd have a very hard time. You know, he'd have an extremely hard time. Colby Covington, hard time. The wrestling pedigree is there, you know? Like it, those things, I think Colby would be, I think, a, maybe a little bit easier of a fight for him. Doesn't mean that he would stop it, but I'm saying that 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 being there, like Colby's, I think, a little bit more hittable, which we've seen and proven by Usman. Um, is he a little bit more hittable? Usman has gotten so much better. Also, doesn't uh, with power. his head movement as well as throwing off the head movement and, and those positions. So. I don't know. Look, the speed and the reach and the length and all those things play a factor every single time. And in MVP, I'm going to still continue to give him credit. He's still as good as I think he is. Uh, he does pose threats for a lot of people because of his style and his his body style and all of those things as well. But, like, he's always going to have a hard time with wrestlers. That's not his style. So that's and, – and in that division over in the UFC, that's what they do. I, I would love to see an MVP and George Masvidal fight. That would be a fun fight as well. Ooh. So, yeah, I mean, I'm throw a little First wrench off, in there or maybe even or even a Nate Diaz fight. There's nothing wrong. You got you got to let's let's take this whole thing in its context. First off, he was on some show with some English guy that he mm -hmm. said made that comment. And that English guy works for the UFC. So, <laughs> you know, let, let's be honest. You know, he's on Believe You Me. He's on there with uh, Mike and uh, Louie. And he should say. Yeah, I would like to test. He said, "I want. I would love to test myself in the UFC." Why would he not want to? That's, yeah, that's a that's a that's a righteous, you know, statement. I, I know he would like to because he would like to fight the very best people he can fight, and that's you know the smart thing to say. Does that mean that he's going to be going to the UFC? No, you know, could he be? Yes. You don't know, and he does have a contract negotiation, I believe, coming up. I think he's got what, one or two fights. I don't know something like that. Yeah. But you take a look and you go, if you're the fighter, and 
Now, we are here, and most of the time, we back up the fighters. Sometimes we back up the promoters, but most of the time, we back up the fighters because I want the fighters to make as much money as they can because they have a limited amount of time to make that money. And, you know, I don't care what promotion they're in. If Michael Venom Page can go to the UFC and make more money and have a better career, go. Uh, that's just the way it is. If uh, he can do that with Bellator, stay. You know, that that's up to him and his management. But for him to say that, you know, I would love to test myself, I think it's the absolute right statement. It's the right mindset, and that's the way it should be. I would have been disappointed if he had said something different. I would have yeah. said, what the fuck's he talking about? You say you don't want to fucking challenge those guys too. Of course, you. if you're yeah. a real fighter, you want to challenge those people. So I saw nothing wrong. You know, that people make stuff out of things that there's really nothing there. Because, it's you know, it's like, you know, when, you know, when John Jones says, you know, you know, just release me. Okay. Nothing really there. Cause they're not going to do that. You know, it's just, you look and you go, okay, you can put it out in the media. The media can have it. And so, it doesn't matter. It's not something that's reality as far as, well, they're not going to just release him. And the, you know, the UFC is going to always be there. It's always going to have a, a great welterweight division that MVP, I think would fit very well into, but he fits very well into the welterweight division of, Bellator, he does want a certain fight back, and there's only one place he can get that fight back. That's Bellator. So maybe if Douglas Lima, you know, he fights Amazov in this next show, if he gets past Amazov, which is not an easy thing to do since no. no one has done it yet, you know, maybe that rematch will occur. Then we'll find out what MVP really wants because does MVP want to go with a guy like Yaroslav Amazov? who not only is good on the feet, but has great wrestling, has a good, great ground game. You know, we're going to find out exactly where Michael's at. So I, I see nothing wrong with anything he said. Yeah. I mean, look, I, look, I love the fact. I, well, you know what? Here's the thing is, even when I was with Strike Force and I think other fighters as well, you got to continue to remember that for me, I feel like going to the UFC is not where, for me, it was never about going to the UFC. It was when I first started. Don't get me wrong. I think everyone yeah, back in go. 2000, it was. But once I'd already been there, I was like, okay, look, why don't those guys just come to us? And that's why I don't, I, I sometimes feel like I get the star power. I get the, I get the feeling of being in the UFC, that that whole thing. And, and if people want to experience it, I understand it completely. And, um, but I, I'm like, why don't I, why don't I tell those fighters, hey, let's come over here. And that's the biggest thing. And I would say that regardless. And I would be saying that, too, with, with Eddie and those guys and Demetrius. Like, if they want to come get this smoke, they can come over here as well. Like, I don't need to go chasing after these fighters, you know, depending on who you are. Eddie and Demetrius have already proven that they're some of the top guys in the world. You know, um, MVP, I feel like he has. Lima definitely has. Um, you know, there's guys that I know, like Yaroslav Amosov, I believe. I definitely think he has as well. So that fight right there, like I was saying with MVP, that fight, Yaroslav Amosov and Lima, the winner of that is going to be a very tough fight for him. And I'm not, there's no guarantees that Lima's going to win this fight. No, there is not. There's just and that's no what makes guarantees. It such a great fight. Being one yeah, of the best be. welterweights in the world, right up there with anybody, I don't care what people want to say, he is a dangerous, mean, some bitch that's got vicious leg kicks. He's got yeah. a great ground game. He's good everywhere, but his stand-up as far as how much power he puts on things, dangerous. Dangerous at any moment of the fight. That's what happened to MVP when he fought him. You know, he yeah. made one mistake. Say goodbye. Yeah, that's true. All right, next question, Jim. Um, Holloway versus Rodriguez is set for July 17th. 
I think they're trying to get rid of Yair. <laughs> I think they're tired. I think they're trying to get rid of this kid. I they're tired. Of I mean, something like, has happened I, again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he's he's probably pissed them off. So remember, he got that suspension. They took him out of the rankings for a little bit. I don't know if he's in the rankings now. Is he? I don't think he is. I don't think he's in the rankings right now. Which I'll tell you, took why him are they the putting him Holloway if he's not in the rankings? <clears throat> well, because remember, he was ranked like number four or something like that. Just oh, no, under, I, know, over... I know that. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, I don't but know. But if you take a look, why are they putting a guy that's unranked against Max Holloway? Holloway's sitting I where? Mean, one? Well, he does He does deserve to be in those Two? top rankings. Oh, he's actually number three. Oh, he is number three. Yeah. Okay, okay, so they put him right. back in. Yep. Right. Yeah, so they put him back in. He's ranked number that three. That makes sense then. He gonna catch all the smoke. <laughs> if we see, if we see a Max Holloway that fought, uh, what's his name? Calvin. Uh, yes, Calvin Cater. Oh gosh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a nasty night for him. I don't see yeah. how. I mean, especially I, if there's any takedowns anybody. or any of that. Yeah, anybody. I think if if Max shows up again like he did against Calvin, and you know, and that's the thing, Yair, he's good with his kicks. He's good at you know all those things. He's good at changing up the. You know, the range. He'll kick the legs, kick to the body, spinning heel kicks, all those. He'll do everything flashy. He does things from weird angles, ask Korean Zombie. You know, all of those positions. But listen, remember, he was down 5-0 to Korean Zombie until the one-second bell. Okay? I mean, like, I don't know. Had was, Zombie was he down 5-0? I don't think so. He was, but yeah, it, no. He the, was losing. The, he was losing. I think You're one right, of the but... judges had, I think one judge had him down 5-0. He was losing really? that round also. Yeah, I think they had him down 5-0. Which I I thought I actually thought I thought he actually won one of the earlier rounds. Yeah, I want to say maybe one or two, but regardless, he was still down by you know. Let's it was say a great fight. Him. It was. It was. I mean, was Zombie great. was picking him apart. But I'm not a big and everyone knows this. You guys look. I'm not a fan of Yair Rodriguez. I have not been a fan of him since he pulled. We're the just trick gonna put up was... a list. We're gonna put a list of who Josh is not. A the fan. list is not long. The list is not long. Long. It's, there's, there's not long, but distinguished. There's Michael Chandler and there's Yair, and I think it's the two of them, and that's pretty much the rest of the whole crew. I mean, that's it. That's pretty much all that I don't, you know, I don't really get along that's with. Not a list. That's a uh, subtitle. <clears throat> yeah, whatever. I mean, like, and I don't even, I can't even say I don't get along with Yair. I just, I just don't like the antics that he pulls. I mean, dude, you're wasting your prime, being, being the way you are. You're. I never said he wasn't a dynamite fighter. I think he's phenomenal, yes. phenomenal fighter. Very talented. Look, you can still think that John Jones is a phenomenal fighter, and not like what he does outside. Of the business, you know, also, you know, like that's just how it works. And then a lot of people can agree with that. And that's how I feel about your ear is when he had that issue with the UFC. And then he tried to go and, you know, fight other promotions, didn't like it. And then he ran back to the UFC with his tail between his legs. That kind of was like, man, that's yeah, you're kind of that's a little soft to me. I just think that if you're going to if you're going <clears> to <throat> talk big and then you decide to leave, don't come running back. Now, now they just know you're a whipping boy like that. You can't do that. They're just gonna they're just gonna do whatever they want. They're gonna whip on you and just continue to do what they're doing. So, anyways, um, <clears throat> I think it's a great fight. It's gonna be a fun fight. I think it'll be fun. I don't see Yair beating him. I think Max, if he okay. shows up and fights, you know, very similar to the way he fought last time, even yeah, I'd say even if he fought eighty percent of what he did last time, I think he smokes him. Probably even finishes him. I agree with you. It's a that's a hard style fight for Yair as far as just the way Max approaches the fight, his length. The way that he uses his footwork, his in and out, he's gonna he's gonna create a lot of problems for Yair because Yair, Yair can go to the ground, but he's not gonna do anything on the ground with Max. So it's more of a oh, so you're you're trying to slow the fight down, you're trying to let time go by, you're not trying to win it, you're trying as 
far as finishing him, you're trying to win it by time going by. So, yeah. It's not a, not a, that's a hard matchup. If I look at that one, that's a tough matchup, but you never know, man. You know, that's, that's why it's a fight game. We can look at it one way and then all of a sudden they come out and perform and you go, well, we were wrong. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what else you got for us, Gio? Uh, next one is uh, Paige Van Zandt versus Rachel Osovich, part two, but this time it's going to be in the Bare Knuckle FC. John, should be I love that one. Did you see her, Her uh, I want to say her Instagram post or her thing? Which, on who, that? which one? Who? Paige. Oh, Paige. Paige, Paige put a thing. Come for the boobies, stay for the violence. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I Paige, ain't mad at her for I got to tell you, I love that one. I love That's it. That's awesome. Man, I, yeah. I, okay, now hold it. If you're not bare knuckle boxing and you're Dave Feldman, do you not use that line? I know people are going to get, their women are going to get mad and stuff, but your fighters are the one that said it. Yeah, I think you use it. <laughs> Come for the boobies, stay for the violence. Come for the boobies, That's fucking brilliant, man. Brilliant. It's awesome. Mad it's a great that. line. Oh, I think it's brilliant. I, I, like, I had never really hung around Paige at all, but I had a split, I had a couple of split seconds to talk with her. This last couple of this two weeks ago when Austin fought against Fabian Edwards, her husband, and uh, it was hilarious. She, she seems to be like a little bundle of joy. She's she's very uh, talkative, but fun, you know, and uh, it was fun to be around. I can see where she comes up with this stuff. Like if you follow them on social media, man, they're hilarious. Their, their stuff, like their nude photos and stuff are just so funny how they block a little bit of everything. I, whatever, man. I ain't knocking them. Like, hey, if you... I what think most people that get bitter about shit like that, guess what? They're probably with the girl they can't do shit like that with. That's their problem. They're just jealous. They wish they had a girl they could that would be that open about doing stupid shit like that and having fun. They don't have kids. They're just living their lives, you know, doing whatever the fuck they're doing. I think it's Hold wonderful. It, so you, I think it's so you're great. saying if they have kids that changes it, you gotta do something different? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think once you have look kids. At you. Yeah, I look think once you have kids, you might want to. You, you <laughs> might want to. You might want to take that off, buddy. You might want to take that photo down. <laughs> Not let your kids see that shit. Uh, all right, buddy. Uh, what else? You think that's gonna be a good fight? I I think it'll be action packed. I don't. Th I think that uh, again, you have to learn. And you know, I talked to Paige when I started. Uh, talked to her about the rules of bare knuckle boxing and what she needs to uh, look at. And uh, I think just being there longer being there uh you can't fight it like it's mma as far as you know even your stand-up game it's got to be different your angles are different the way you hold is different your clinch work is different you can hit off of the clinch you know there's all kinds of things that boxing my, my biggest problem with bare knuckle boxing is that damn officials do not understand the rules and what is allowed for the fighter to do and how long they should let something go with it but you know she needs to uh, i think she has an advantage over rachel in it based upon she's done it already and it's a big difference. yeah it is it is yeah i think the same thing i think rachel um the reality check is she's gonna come in and be like wow that's a lot faster paced than i thought um the the rules are a little bit different clinching the head and being all the dirty box those are all things that you can do you can pummel angles inside and start doing yeah, angles different yeah the other thing is well rachel her last i want to say it was her last fight she was standing quite a bit i don't know what happened if she broke her hand or something happened anyways um, but she, but she was trying to strike the whole time and she, um, 
and she was only throwing like two ones and twos. There was never a three. It was like either the big overhand right or it was like just one jab. Or it was you got to throw combinations. It's in the bare knuckle boxing position. You got to be throwing the combinations, clinching the head, and dirty boxing, getting yourself out, and then throwing again. Going to the body. You've got, yeah, you've got to make it. You got to make it a dog fight a little bit in there. And um, she was content. I think in her last MMA fight. I know they're different sports, but she just was only throwing ones and two punches. She needs to. Uh, she she needs to be able to throw threes and fours and possibly even fives in this bare knuckle boxing. So I don't know. Like you said, a lot of it's going to come down to she just. It's her first time, and there's going to be, I think, a little bit It'd of a rough. rally check. I think, and Paige found out that, too, in her first fight. So. Yeah, absolutely. It should, be a, it should be a fun fight, though. But I do like that little headline, though. Come for the boobies, stay for the fight, or stay for the violence. Very stay good. for the violence. What else, awesome. What else you got? Uh, next one is uh, John Jones hired uh, boxing promoter Richard Schaefer as his advisor. Um, look, I'm going to be honest. Richard Schaefer, like you said, we were talking about this off air before we started filming, is that he's a brilliant man. He's very brilliant. If you look at the Delahoya Golden Boy promotion, it all fell apart when Richard left. You know, uh, Richard was part of that organization, and uh, you know, and it was it was on the rise, doing well. And him and Delahoya had some falling outs and some beefs or whatever. And he took off. And when he took off, that shit started fucking sinking like the fucking Titanic. You know, <laughs> and uh, basically that's why Delahoya now is, he's not fighting on his own promotion. He's fucking trying to fight in Triller. I should let you know how much of a businessman Delahoy is. Not very smart, not very <laughs> bright, but um, whatever, man. I, th- I think if John wants to use him as a consultant, we t- you said this, though, but pay-per-view is pretty much dead. So is he consulting on maybe doing some app stuff also or hitting some different – I don't know how he's going to – pay-per-view is kind of like I know – I don't. John has never really broke a million. I think one one or two times he's broke a million pay-per-view buys. So I don't know how they're going to plan on boosting this up and how to market it. But the other thing, too, is the UFC's got to want to market him that way to make it more valuable for them to make more money. And with their ESPN deal, I don't think they really give a shit. We're getting paid no matter what. So that's why they say, like, I don't know when John's going to fight. I'm going to move on and carry on without him. John's 33, 34 years old, and we're okay with doing that. You're going to start seeing more of that. So some of these fighters that are 33 and 34, expect them to start saying, yeah, it's time for you to go. Like, we don't care. You want more money? See you later. So, I mean, Dana came out the other day and said, I'm looking for a replacement, like a backup fighter for Connor. That lets you know, like, hey, we're, we can move on. This The show's going to move on, whether Connor fights or not, whether John Jones fights or not. And that's been the story of the UFC, and that's what's always been great about it. I think, honestly, they're like, hey, this show is going to move on whether you're part of it or not. Either jump on the fucking train or get off. We'll just move on. So that's what keeps them rolling forward, you know, in the up direction, by the way. So it, it's, a, it's a strange occurrence when you see that uh... – John you know, hires, we'll say hired Richard Schaefer, brings him as, as a consultant advisor in the fact that Richard Schaefer is very smart about the pay-per-view world. He really is because he set up some of the biggest pay-per-views uh, there ever was with De La Hoya being a boxer and some of the fights that they did. But like I said, pay-per-view world is changing, and I'm, there's not a doubt in my mind that Richard Schaefer is absolutely up to speed on the differences and the changes and maybe he can you know create a situation or put something in there that would make john feel comfortable about something in the back back end that he gets or something like that that dana would be okay with you know i i, I just look at everything and you know the fact that dana doesn't like de la hoya you know richard schaefer at this point really doesn't like de la hoya so they have 
some common ground. So. But the, <laughs> you know, it, there is a real difference. You know, De La Hoya was the face of Golden Boy, just like Dana was the face of the UFC. Lorenzo Fertitta is the guy that pulled all the strings. He was the one making the decisions behind the curtain, did not want any of the, the limelight for that, put everything on Dana, had Dana do certain things that Dana did, that you know push, push Dana forward, all that stuff, great. Richard Schaefer is the same thing. Richard is the Lorenzo Fertitta. He is the businessman. And uh, being a businessman, he will go in there, and I'm not saying Dana's not a businessman now. He is, but he will go in there with a business you know, plan as far as, look, we can do this. And he will have multiple legs on that plan of what he would like to see John getting, what he would like to do. You know, we'll just see if Dana ends up, you know, agreeing with the idea and thinking that it's a good thing for his promotion too, because he's the guy in charge of it. Possibly. We'll see. Yep. <clears throat> what else you got? All right, next one, we have another rematch. It was uh, between John Jones versus Chael Sonnen, but this time it was on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, we talk about this all the time. You said you said that DC wasn't up to the game when it came to the Twitter situation. And, no, he wasn't. And <laughs> but Chael's like, Chael's like next level, man. 180, man. <laughs> Chael's is next level. He comes to trolling people and fucking with people. I mean, he'll do it to your face too in person. John John needs to figure out. You know, there's levels to everything. There's levels to fighting, right? And there's levels to trolling. Chael is a professional fighter that is a professional troll. Mm -hmm. Chael will push your buttons. Chael will say things that other guys won't. Chael, he you got to figure he has a split personality, all right? There's Chael Sonnen from West Lynn that's, you know, your neighbor. He's a great guy. He's a phenomenal guy. He's a great dad, man. He's a great husband. This is a guy that you want as a friend. And then there's Chael Sonnen, the American gangster, that is that personality. He's a dog. He will fuck with you. He will do everything he can to piss you off. He doesn't care, and you're going to lose that. He is a fucking a world champion in the fucking talking game, okay? Yeah. John, you can't just stay away from it. Why? You're, you're falling into the trap, all right? Josh, do you not have people fucking sending you things all the time? You know, yeah, Some of them, you're so wonderful. Some of them, you're the biggest dick in the world. Yeah, this happens yeah. if people, you know, they they're, they're throwing something out to see if you'll bite. It's like fishing. Don't be a largemouth bass. Don't chomp down on it. Swim past it, dude. The the best part is is when they do say something really rude, right? And I'll I'll take a screenshot of it. And I'll post it on my social media, and I'll say, hey, give this guy a little bit of positivity and follow him and. <laughs> You know, send him positive <laughs> vibes in his DM. I'll do that just like, you know, to throw it out there. And then the guy will text, he'll send me another DM. Hey, man, I was just, you know, I just wanted to get your attention. They'll admit it. And I, I know. It's, it's like, thanks for, thanks for posting my, I'm like, you were talking shit. And I just posted it to, to get under your skin. I'm like, give this guy a follow. He needs a couple more followers. That's what his problem is. He's upset. He's an unhappy fella. You know, just let him be, man. Let him be. So it's funny. I mean, I just got to have fun. John's got John's to gotta avoid that those type of situations. Chael's done fighting. No desire to come back and fight. Once He's that all is said and to. done, he's just going to talk shit to you. 
You know, yeah. just let it be, John. Finish and what are you going to do? I mean, you hold it. John lives in New Albuquerque, New Mexico. Chael lives up in or well, you you going to travel up there to get in a fight? No. Come on. You know, it's just like stop. And and the tweet, whenever you delete a tweet, you're saying something. You yeah. wrote something, you put it out there, and then you delete it. You're saying something. Just telling you. Yeah. Stop. Chael cracked me up. He's like, "Hey, hey, I can see your career's falling apart. Why don't you come come to Sug? I got 5k for you waiting. Contracts ready to be signed." <laughs> we got to figure like, oh, John John did compete in the Submission Underground Fortune. Yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's funny. So I got your he 5k. He did against Dan come, Henderson. Come get it. I got your 5k. I'm like started laughing. I'm like, "Oh my gosh. This guy's brutal." All right, buddy, what else you got? I got a question. Are you guys saying it was a 10-8 Sunnin? <laughs> no, 10-8 Sunnin. <laughs> it was 10-8. He, he won that round 10-8. It could have been a 10-7 if you really want to calculate it properly. Uh, I don't know. Right, was it overwhelming? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. It was probably a 10-8. This is where we need the half rounds. Domination. This is where we need those the half, the half, the half points. round scores. Half points. Half points. We're, we're going to right. start bringing up the half points and just just killing people with it till the point where it changes. No, that would be nice. All right. Last one for news today. Uh, Kevin Holland working on his wrestling with uh, DC. Okay. I was just down at DC. DC's opening a new great facility, uh, 10,000 square foot wrestling facility for kids, youth. They can wrestle Gilroy. all year round. Yeah, down in Gilroy. It's actually connected to one of our old fighters. His name was uh, Anthony Figueroa. It's called, they call it Ant Dog's Place. He's got a good like kids program in terms of uh, MMA, jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, all that. And so those kids in that area, it's predominantly like a, a, a Mexican area. And, uh, and so there, there's a lot of really phenomenal, phenomenal wrestlers and hard, hardworking kids that are coming out of there. Just phenomenal. Their wrestling program is one of the best in the nation. And um, he's turned Gilroy High into a power. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was already kind of that way before. They were good. You know, they, um, but yeah, I would have to agree with you. He's keeping it the status quo. He's keeping it the way it should be, and now that he's opening that, it's ten, it's huge, huge ten thousand square foot facility. It's got bunk beds, you know, and rooms up above for for fighters that want to come or athletes or wrestlers that want to come and <clears throat> and wrestle. You know, in the off season, they can stay there. You know, um, it, he's got like a full juice bar going in. I mean, the rent down there is extremely cheap. The place has been vacant for years. You know, and. Um, it's going to be a good little spot. The way he's got it all laid out, he's got squat racks here, turf here. He's gonna, it's gonna be nice. And I'm, I'm pumped for him. He was giving me the full walkthrough. It was all still just dirt and shit, but <laughs> it was. Uh, but he had it all laid out. He knew exactly what he wanted. He built the platform for the wrestling mats, <clears throat> you know, with the with little foam pieces underneath it. It's a little bit softer, and he's ready, man. He's pumped. He's ready for it. And uh, I think what it also does too is that it brings in a lot of the top wrestlers around the world, around the nation, whatever, to come train at his facility or coach, you know, and uh, gives them a place to train as well if they need to get ready for something outside of their norm. And uh, you've got Kyle Kretschmer there, you know, Ed Ruth can go back and forth. Uh, you've got Deron Wynn there. I don't you've think got Ed's going that far. There. <laughs> What's that? Uh, Ed, Ed will be back and forth. I know Ed will yeah. be, and they're they're pretty close. You know, and they're they're all managed by the same guys. But yeah, it really comes down. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of good. Uh, you know, Kyle Driscoll. He wrestled at University of Oklahoma. I mean, yep. they can all come in and wrestle and teach and do all the things. You know, they've got a couple other guys there. Uh, uh, what's his name? Nick. I can't. Even, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He's from Oklahoma State. He beat Spencer Lee his last uh, his junior year. I think his or maybe sorry his senior year. 
Nick Nick Picanicky Picanicky or I can't pronounce his last name. It's P I C C I N N I. I don't know how you say that. And then uh, there's another guy. I just met him the other day. His name is Jacoby, I believe, is what his name was. But he's uh, he's pretty damn good as well. So there's a lot of good, talented wrestlers that, that DC's got connections with and a lot of ones that are waiting for their wrestling career to be over so they can come down and start making a fighting career. So I'm pretty pumped uh, for him. I'm happy for him, you know, and it'll be uh, DC's wrestling program. So good on him. Where are we talking about? Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland's a good ad, though. <laughs> I didn't know what else to say. <laughs> Kevin Holland's a good ad, man. I mean, like, look, it's good. He needs that. It's funny. I actually had Fabian Edwards reach out to me and say, hey, can I come out to AK? And I said, well, let me take a look around, but I think so. My only concern is that I train uh, I train him is Romero Cotton, and they're both Romero in the same Cotton. weight class. You know, so that's a little bit of a dig. But the other thing as well, like, look, there's no one to say that they're going to have to fight each other right off the bat. And with and a lot of things change within a year or two. So if you guys come and you guys train together for a week, week and a half, two weeks, you guys go back. By the time you guys actually fight, a lot of shit's going to change. You know, I mean, at least it should. You guys should have gotten a lot better and your game plan should have got a lot tighter and your technique and everything. So, um, yeah, that's... That's something though. That's that's like don't worry about that type of shit. When you guys go, like you should go and train and wrestle and grapple or do whatever it is with everybody. That's my take on it. At least you have a good idea of where they stand and who they are. You can move on. You can get better from there. You guys are just gonna help each other get better. That's it. So, well, you you gotta figure. Well, take a look at you know when you say Fabian Edwards, same as Kevin Holland. You know, there's guys out there where you look at them and they're so good in a specific area, but they're wrestling is their weakest spot so someone can put them in an area that they can be controlled and they can yeah time just goes by they can't use the tools that they're so good at based upon they're being controlled by someone so you know it's joe rogan said it long ago i kind of believe it's true like mma started with jujitsu but wrestling became the the skill set that you had to have because once Guys understood how to stop submissions, be a, you know a good you know defensive submission fighter, and use punches to break somebody down that was good with submissions. Wrestling became the tool. You know, yeah. Mark Coleman, the godfather of ground and pound, man, the hammer. You know, he, I, I ruined his career is the way I look at it, based upon when I took headbutts out of the rules, you know, <laughs> make people happy. Look at Mark Coleman used to grab both of your arms. You, he would take you down the double leg, grab both your arms, and you he would sit there and take his large melon and smash you in the face until you had to try to get your hands in. He would punch you. He had, a, he had a great system. That's why he was called the godfather of ground and pound. But the ground and pound kind of changed and stuff. But you know, it's wrestling is a huge part of MMA and always will be. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good. I think, I think Kevin Holland, he needs to clean it up. It's not going to get done within... A month long. He's gonna have to no. make. He's gonna have to really make it a focus to get it changed. I don't know if he's gonna stay for a camp or if he's gonna be here for a couple months. I don't know what his game plan is, but I think making sure that wrestling is a focus is is key. Well, I think the thing you really need to look for Kevin Holland is not you know what he's gonna do in his next fight. That's not gonna change much. What's he gonna true. do a year from now? What's he gonna be yeah, doing two true. years from now? So, good luck, Kevin. Q&A? Good luck, Kevin. Yeah. All right, Gian, we're going to do some fan Q&A for you guys to get you guys off on a positive note for the Memorial, Memorial Day, weekend, Day so. weekend. So let's go. Oh, wait, wait. One last thing. Before we get to the Q&A, 
Go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne. Was that mybookie.ag? Mybookie.ag. Yep, you Thank you God. heard it here first. Mybookie.ag. Promo code is what, John? Promo code and still. No, no Wayne in, dude. <laughs> I just, Wayne in. Is that joking? <laughs> Jeez, come John. on. John, come like on, that. man. Come on. No. Our promo code for my bookie is Wang In. You know what the podcast is. Put you know, it in he there. remembers a lot of things, but not promo codes. He remembers a lot of things. <laughs> he can tell you who fought a UFC four in like the second match on the main card, but he and he who how that person won in what minute, but he can't remember promo codes. All right. Hey, so go there. Uh, also, too, the playoffs have been fired. Your your Nashville Predators uh, got Hackney eliminated Son, last night. So you know. Oh, hey, they, Keith Hackney and Joe Song. There you go. There you go. See, see <laughs> I'm not like? kidding. That was the second fight of UFC four. <laughs> that's crazy to me. Your Nashville it. Predators they got eliminated last I night know from the playoffs. They did. But dude, yeah, I, hold in on. overtime. Wait, hold on. When we were talking about my book, I said the one thing you want to do if you're going to bet on the NHL. Bet overtime, right? Yes. Did it not go to overtime? Yes. God it went damn. to overtime. Barely. It did barely go to overtime. But Nashville was killing it going into the play into the overtime. They were killing it going into the overtime. They were killing it going into the overtime. Yeah, froze they up. came out flat. They came out flat, froze up a little bit. And all right. Carolina said, all right, let's put a Carolina in this great ass. They are. They're, they're not making it to the finals, though. Nah. They're not making it to the finals, though. Tampa Bay. <laughs> I think it's the Islanders. Really? Uh, yeah, the Islanders, man, they're fucking on tapping. fire. Yeah, All right, yeah. yeah, you're a tap. Yeah, just because Nashville's out, they're yeah. You're just you know. How's those Capitals doing? To win. Oh, you shush. <laughs> you shush. You, you sh- like like Rogan would say. Mouth. You shut your whore mouth. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead, buddy. What you got for us? Uh, first one. Is- Make sure these questions are dense. Okay? Like they're all cons- dense? Just consolidated. I don't want these big. Oh, I want this consolid- big long thing. Yeah. Consolidated all. All right. So first one is from Miguel from Chicago. He says, "Mr. McCarthy, I'm a big fan of yours mainly because of your commitment to everything you take on." My question. See, you could have not said that. You could have just said the damn question. <laughs> See. All right. My question for you is. What job do you think you would fail at because you conquer everything you do and it seems like you can do anything you can dream of and you're a great family man on top of that. Is there a job Why are you, you reading all at? that? Just read the fucking question. Just keep going. Just keep going, John. This is a great question. You're feeding this guy's ego. Look how big his head already takes up three quarters of the screen. Let's move on. No, basically, uh, his question is he's, he want to know if, if, if there's any job that uh, Big John would fail at because – Oh my God! Yeah, How running. many jobs would you I can't, fail at? You couldn't. You couldn't <laughs> Marathon run. runner. Marathon runner. I would fail at. Absolutely. There's uh, one running coach. Um, oh yeah. Man, I'll tell you. You know, the one thing that, throughout my life, I, the one thing I knew is I was not good at staying inside and being like like an. I could never be an accountant. Oh, I could never be an accountant. I couldn't do that job. Yeah. God bless the people that do. I would screw yep. it up. I would screw up the numbers because I would like look at something and then look at it again and just do it completely opposite. I need, I need to, uh, I can write stuff out, but numbers and things like that. Yeah. You're going to just start to, I, I can do math, but if I'm doing a long list, I'm done that and figure skating coach. I would not do well as a figure skating coach. <laughs> Those two things. But thanks oh, for the question. Man, I appreciate I'd love the to nice see words, you. Could, could you be? Could you be a high diving coach? <laughs> yeah, because I'm not afraid see. of heights. 
I have oh, no, no problem but I'm just height. saying, I'd love to see you do all the little spinning and pirouettes oh, <laughs> off dude, of the board. Yeah. <laughs> You don't, you don't, you don't pirouette with this type of body, dude. <laughs> yeah, you just fall. <laughs> your body, my, your, uh, I've heard you say a couple times your body is a temple. I can see that. <laughs> it's very nice. Temple, baby. Uh, all right, buddy. What's next? Our next one is for both. Uh, this one is from his name is Just Some Guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you guys just make of guy. Valerie Loretta's corner after the second round? I've I've seen mixed takes. Dan Hardy was especially critical of her corner. I don't know what her corner. Oh, excuse me. I don't know what her corner said. What did her corner say? Hold on, I got a drink. You yawn. Yeah, I, I don't know what her corner said, so I couldn't tell you what. But the bottom line was, is that she was, she was winning the fight. I don't think she did anything like she it was. Was it one one? I think it was one one going into the third. Going into the third. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like she she was doing well. She was just slowing down. You know, so she needed to stay on her bike, and she didn't do that. She stood directly in front of her. And John called it during the during the uh, commentary. She just keeps backing straight up. So um, when Which is uh, a fundamental when mistake kept, young fighters make. Yeah. So when she's known for her lateral movement, she's known for that. Problem is, though, is when you're on your bike as much as she is, it's hard to do that for three to five rounds straight. And, it, you know, and she started getting tired. And when she started getting tired, she started backing straight up. And when you start backing straight up, it's it's not good. And so um, <clears throat> that made it easier for uh, Hannah Guy to get the takedown. And when she got the takedown, it was all over from there. She was able to do a lot of work and do a lot of damage. And it just started, it progressively built up. She started tweak her. I think she broke or she strained something, a ligament, I think, is what I saw. Yeah. She's walking yeah, she around in a cast right up. now. <clears throat> yeah, so she, uh, she's, but. I have to agree with what she said. And this is what I wanted to know also was, is she a real fighter? And she's fucking proved she was a real fighter. She's a dog, man. She was someone that gritted it all out. She didn't want to lose. She didn't want to lose her O. I got to give her credit, man. I, I, there's a lot of, a lot of people will say a lot of fighters about female fighters, which is a very unfair to them. Are they just a pretty face? Are they a fighter? Well, I think she answered all those questions. Okay. I think that's that's you know, and that's it's not it's not a fair assessment of of all these female fighters. Um, that that's that's the first thing that they want to say. Oh, can she fight though? Sure, she's she's good looking or she's hot or whatever it is that that people at home on the couch say. But can she fight? Well, I mean, she can fight, and not only can she fight, but she's a dog, and she'll fight through shit. And that to me was the one thing that impressed me the most. Sure, she didn't get the win, but I mean, you can't be mad at fighters like that. Like, if I'm a promotion, I'm sitting back going, she's got it all. She just needs more time. That's really what it comes down to. If I'm a promotion, I'm like, three or four more fights, she's going to be a completely different fighter. Let's go. And I think a loss might have been good for her at this moment. You know, better early now, get it done out of the way, come back and get the win. She's got to grow from here, and I think she will. Yeah, I agree with you completely on it. I I looked at it, and I go, she proved that she's a fighter. She's tough because she was in some bad spots and never gave up. There's always that opportunity when you're in a bad spot to say, oh, I'm going to get out of here. You know, that's part of the sport, and it's a, it's a good part of the sport, but do you use it? You know, Sometimes you, go, you wish someone did, but when they show that, you know what, I'll fight through this, man, it's, it's telling you they're a real fighter. I, I, I do not know exactly what was said because we listened to both corners as far as you know, I'll pick a corner to listen to, and I will tell you that, uh, Valerie won the first round, so I, I didn't listen. To, I was listening to Hannah Guy's corner based to see 
what they're going to tell her and if I think it's right as far as what she needs to do in the next round. So I don't know. But I will tell you this, and I have a, a ton of respect for Dan Hardy. I don't know what he said, but Mo Law was in Valley of the Raiders' corner. And I think that Dan Hardy is a very, you know, very technical technician as far as breaking down the game of MMA. He is a, uh, a super, super high IQ when it comes to it, but so is Mo Law. I will yeah. tell you, Mo Law's got a super high IQ when it comes to the sport of MMA. So, you know, sometimes when you're looking at a coach, a couple of things. Coach sometimes has to know when to bring somebody down, calm them down, make it to where, hey, we've been here before. You know, take your time. This is what I want you to do. You, you calm your fighter down. Things aren't going well for him, so you calm down. Sometimes you got to pump them up. You know, things aren't going well for them, and they're just not doing. You got you got to kind of be that that cheerleader, that person that kicks them in the ass. Sometimes it's all about X's and O's. But the one thing I will tell you is this: you know, and, and I don't care how good a coach you are. You could be Greg Jackson, you could be, you know, a, a Dan Hardy, a Mo Law, you could be anybody out of these Javier Mendez. You know, it doesn't matter. You're not going out there. The fighter is. Yeah. And if they yeah. don't do what you say. It, it really doesn't matter. You know, it's no different than, you know, if you look at football, you could be the great, you could be the Bill Belichick. What happens when you don't have Tom Brady? Oh, things change. I don't care how good of a coach you are. If you don't have the players in the game, you're going to lose. All right. Well, same when it comes to a coach in MMA, you could have the greatest game plan. You could know exactly what your fighter needs to do, but you cannot make them do it. They've got to. Yeah, but then I've also had conversations with not just Bob Cook, but Javier and every other coach that I've ever worked for. Like, it really is a feel thing. If your coach is telling you to do something and you just feel like you can't, it can't be done, you've got to make adjustments, though, as well. You've got to make those adjustments. on the. You know what your capabilities are at that moment in the cage. Like, I'll give you an example. Austin Vanderford and Fabian Edwards. He really had no – he had nothing – there was not a whole lot he could do. He said he had popped one of his ribs coming out to the third round. You know, and so when that happened, he's like, it just felt like every time I twisted and tried to get up or get back to my feet, he's like, I just couldn't do it. And I couldn't push him off me because he was so strong. So there's a lot of things that, you know, like you, your coach is yelling at you, but you're also like, hey, my ribs popped. You know, and I've had like when I fought Pat Healy, I broke two of my ribs in my sternum with the very first takedown, which was like less than a minute into the fight. The rest of the fight was a lot harder because I just couldn't get deep breaths. I couldn't do a lot of lifting. I couldn't pull and defend. I couldn't sprawl any type of pressure on my chest. It was painful, man. Everything was painful. You've got to make those adjustments. Same thing with the Benson fight. Tore all the ligaments in my thumb, all that stuff. And just couldn't couldn't grab anything. It just my thumb was flopping around. You've got to make the adjustments. Maybe it maybe you win, maybe you don't, you know? Um but it's not always whatever your coaches tell you, you've got to try and do the best you can to do it. But even what they, even when they tell you, they're not the ones in there, like you said. They're not the ones in there fighting, you know. And you know what your body can do at that moment, depending on what injuries you've sustained so far throughout the fight. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what her corner said, but I felt like she was fighting a good fight. She was just getting tired from all the grappling, so she needed to make those. She needs to make those adjustments in training, though, as well. And this is, you know, the one thing that people aren't giving <clears throat> any kind of credence to. She's a young person. She's a young fighter. She doesn't have a ton of experience. Yes, she's grown up in the world of Taekwondo, but it's different. And so to, you know, to expect her to do everything right, it's not going to happen. 
She's got to learn yeah. how to do things right. Yeah. All right, what else you got? <clears throat> Next one is uh, from t- uh, Timothy. Uh, this one is for Big John. Um, he says, what is the dirtiest fighter you ever refed? Or just the fight with the most cheating from one person? You better not fucking say Josh Thompson. <laughs> Josh Thompson was such a cheating son of a bitch. Jeez. Oh, oh, man. man. If I, you know, the, <laughs> there's so many guys out there that, uh, that do things. I had a fight, and I'm not going to say the name. You know, Josh App- Appelt was the guy that happened to. But, you know, he was fight- he was fighting someone. You can go and you can look. at It was a- in a Bellator, and it was a uh, fight where he was able to control the position. The- his opponent thought he was going to be able to out-wrestle Josh. It really didn't happen. He was able to put him against the cage and take him down when he wanted. He used the cage to clinch and to dirty box and just do damage. And he wasn't, he wasn't hurting his opponent. It was, he was frustrating him. He frustrated him to the point where finally the opponent is in a position and he sees, you know, he's on his knees with his hand down to the ground and Josh is riding over the top of him. See, there's that name, Josh. And he decides, I'm just going to take and hammer fist his nuts. <laughs> and then he goes, as soon as it happened, right? He goes, bam, bam. He goes, two shots and Appel goes down, right? And I stop it right away. And I go, what are you thinking? I didn't mean that. <laughs> that was his first words. I go, I got kids that tell me that same bullshit all the time, too. Right? <laughs> and so you'll get those. Chael Sonnen was a guy. I'm going to tell you right now. Chael pushed the envelope of being legal. Oh, yeah. Michael Bisping was fighting Chael, and uh, Bisping was like, you know, John, John, John. It's legal. He can use his head that way, Mike. You, you. So Mike started doing the same thing back to him, everything that Chael would try to do. Mike would do it back, and he kind of got caught up in that. And it might be why he lost the fight, but there are guys that ride the edge of legal all the time and you're going to get those. Yeah. And that's, you know, you just watch them. You tell them, Hey, I'll let you, I'll let you run up to the edge. I will not let you cross it. So there you go. Chael was, Chael was definitely one of them. Oh, he would ride the edge. Man. <laughs> He's the first guy that came to my mind. Yep. What well, we made it worse about him is when he would tap and then he would say he didn't tap. Oh my God. All he did. <laughs> He'd done that a couple times. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, that Even would not, well, hold it. Not only would he say that you know he didn't tap, he would he would have a fight. His fight with Tito, I love that one. You know because he he fought Tito, and you know there's a there's emotion in there, same as you saw with you know I'm trying to think of. Uh, We're trying to that say guy. that uh, uh, Caitlin uh, Chikigian was tapped, right? Yeah. No, she didn't tap. She's trying to reach her hand. There's a difference, and you can see it. Well, Tito has a moment in the fight where it looks like his hand kind of moves. It's not a tap. But he didn't even use that. He yeah. used that when he caught Tito in the guillotine choke, that Tito verbally tapped, right? <laughs> he verbally tapped, right? And he goes, and John McCarthy missed it, right? So I, I see him, you know, a couple months later, right? And I said, hey, you need to do me a favor. If you're going to put something out there, tell me, hey, John, I'm going to say this. I know it's bullshit. I go, but, you know, I'm trying to get a a rematch. I said, I'll let it go. I don't have a problem with that. I go, but you got to at least make it believable. And he goes, what do you mean? It was believable. He goes, I said that he tapped and you missed it. And I said, yeah, you you had him in a guillotine choke. How does someone talk when they're being guillotined to the point that they have to tap? (laughs) He goes, good point. 
<laughs> I'm like, come on, Dale, come up with something that's good, dude. Right, so. Oh, man. He's awesome. Oh, man. All right, buddy, what else you got? Uh, next one is for Josh. Uh, Steven Nathan says, Rockhold has been doing media rounds lately, and mm-hmm. I can help to think. Uh, how soci- uh, socially awkward he sounds in all interviews. In your experience training at AKA with him, can he come off that way in real life? Um, No, 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 because when he's talking with his friends, he's, he doesn't have to think anything up. He's just talking. And, uh, no, it just takes more time being in front of the cameras, doing whatever it is he's got to do. But, no, he's not socially awkward. Um, yeah, I, I can't think. I come like on, Josh, he, say it, baby. No, he just, he just feels, I think he wants to create hype. And I don't think naturally it comes off, it doesn't come off genuine. Wait. Like he, he, wants, he wants to create the hype to make, it, you know, to make people have interest in him fighting. And when it doesn't come off genuinely, then it just, it kind of, it comes off a little weird. Look, it looks a good guy. Like I, I, always, I always compare him to my little, my little bigger brother. Like he's my, he's my bigger little brother. Sorry, there you go. Bigger little brother. I mean, like he's, your Fabian he's someone Edwards, that I've least. Yeah, probably. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think you say that. Yeah, but he's just, if I don't know, if you saw a picture of the two of them next to each other the other day, I was like, good God, they're actually not that much in difference in size. Leon's leaner, but Fabian's like only probably an inch or maybe an inch taller, a little not bit more, maybe, but not much. Oh, anyways, Rockhold, Rockhold's a good guy. He's a good kid. Like he's, he, I feel like he's got his, I feel like he's on track now. I think, like I said, he needed time away from the sport. He needed to get his. He needed to figure out where he wanted to be. Did he want to be in Florida? Did he want to be in Santa Cruz? Did he want to be at AKA? I think he's found a home for himself down in the Costa Mesa area there. Um, you know, he's, he's staying. You know, him and his him and a buddy got a place, and they're staying there. And the two of them are, and, and his buddy's a really uh, a big businessman. You know, kind of thing. He stays very professional. I think the two of them uh, have a lot of fun together in terms of you know, their scenes are the same, similar, same, similar friends. And he can train at Ruka, you know, and Pat loves him. Pat Tenori loves him. And, you know, and he's out there. Bisbing and him now are kind of training side by side just in fun, you know. And uh, it's I think it's good for him to get that kind of there's that anger, I think, a little bit towards Bisbing as well as whatever else, you know. And uh, I think it's reset Luke's mindset. It's, it's allowed him to just decompress. He's got skateboarding down there, which he loves to skateboard. He can surf if he wants. He's a phenomenal surfer. And uh, and he's got the gym that he wants, and he's and he's he's at these training at the gym that of all the clothes that he loves to wear. It's like it's kind of it's kind of a win 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 all for him. You know everything. Well, it's a win, it's, it's going a win on situ- here. And he loves being that. I, I would imagine the women are hot down there. You know, and I've been down there quite a bit, so all the women are hot. It's like it's a perfect scenario. It's a perfect storm for him to make a good comeback. He's with Perillo. Perillo's a great boxing coach, and I think the biggest thing that he needed to work on was his his defense as well is Perillo's not just delivering to, the shots Perillo's the first guy to break him down that's how Michael Bisping beat him was yeah. Perillo saw the the holes in Luke's game and where he made mistakes where he extended where he was overextending at times Perillo was a guy so Perillo's a perfect guy to say all right we got to fix these holes and that's the thing to me I felt like it's always been it was always been his defense he I don't mind that your hands are down but let's just make sure that when you throw your other hand is up like I don't mind your hands down here when you're when you're on the outside but when you get inside and you start throwing let's get those hands back up and then when you back out hands got to be up as well <clears throat> and so and, and that's always been his downfall I think he's great at delivering the punishment but 
defensively he's not great at you know blocking it or taking it and so that's the that was been the issue i think him being with perillo who's it's a smaller gym the ruka gym has like a handful of athletes that come through there sure there's a ton of them that come through but none of them really stay you know and the ones that stay get a lot more focus and i think it's perfect you got chito vera which him and chito you can tell have been They've been connecting and they're fun to be around because they always are doing videos with each other and having fun with it, you know, and then Bisbing's there as well. So there's good looks and Lorenz Arkin was there for a while, all working there. So I, I think it's a good facility for him to be at. He loves the, like he loves being around the, that type of, uh, that those type of people, you know, that's kind of like his, those are like his people. Like it's perfect for him. And, um, and I'm happy for him, man. I think, I think he can make a run. I'm not saying he can be champion. I'm just saying, I think he can make a run. You know, he's going to come back with a different mindset, different personality. I think I, I see, I see him making a run. If he tightens things up, if he tightens <clears throat> things up, he can definitely make a run. He's an yeah. athlete. He's a Especially way better athlete than people understand. His grappling, uses is, grappling. Look, his grappling is world-class. It is not black belt. It's world-class. There's a big difference. Yeah, he is phenomenal yep. on the ground. His stand-up, dude. Just watching him when he's practicing, doing the question mark kick. You know how hard it is oh. to freaking throw that kick the way he does it and make it look like it's coming low and all of a sudden it's snapping up high. You know how hard it is to defend against it. Here's here's the thing with Luke. Luke is cocky. He is got a lot of things to be cocky for. Son of a bitch is a fucking model for who? <laughs> Ralph Lauren. Hello. Oh, you know? yeah. I mean, he's got everything going for him. And when you're sitting on top of the world, you can be cocky. Then he got he kind of got knocked off the pedestal a little bit. He regrouped. He kind of took a look at himself, and he's like, all right, I don't need all that outside interference stuff. I just need a little bit. He was getting into yeah. the bigger things and buying things and stuff. It's all gone now. He's not doing yeah. that. I think he's in a perfect situation to come back. If you're noticing... No one wants to fight him. And the reason they don't want to fight him is, first off, he's not ranked. And they know that he's a mother to fight. He's got skills. Yeah. So why do I want to fight a great fighter that's unranked that's not going to do anything for me moving forward? Yeah, that's true. All right, what else you got? All right, next one is from uh, Filthy Heathens. This one is for John. Uh, he says, "Do you think you could you could have won UFC one or two if you had been a fighter?" I love when people ask those. It would it would take the ego of uh, some certain people to say, "Oh yeah, I could have." No, look at I was on, I was I was where I was supposed to be. I was a training partner for Hoist, getting him ready for UFC one. I had a blast doing it. We had nothing but fun. I got my ass kicked by Pixon and Hoist all the time. I absolutely have nothing but respect for everybody that went out there. Do I think maybe I could have won a fight? Maybe I could have won a fight. Do I think I would have won the whole thing? No, Hoist would have won it. And in the second one, Hoist would have won it. So I don't think that at all. I I fell into and was given the gift of being a referee. The greatest gift. I would have been out of MMA so long ago. And because of the gift that I was given to be a referee, which I did not know how to be, but kind of you know learned on the fly, I've had a unbelievable career in this sport that i'm still able to be part of so i don't even think about those things and just say oh yeah i would have won no i wouldn't have won that's the first time i would your head shrunk a little bit <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hate it. when people said oh, i would have beaten him nah, bullshit don't just yeah 
No, no. Like, you know, when we had that question the other day about Chandler, like, and I had to be honest, I'm like, I don't know. It, I would have said it'd be 50-50. It'd be 70-30, maybe him. Maybe it'd be 70-30, me. Maybe 60-40, who knows? But at the end, that's why we fight the fight. But, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. All right, guys, what else? All right, next question is from uh, Nicholas Clark. Uh, this one is for both. Uh, the question is, if Bellator did a Bantamweight, uh, Bantamweight, Bantamweight tourney, should it be an eight-man or a 16-man, 16, uh, 16 and who should participate? Uh, we talked about this, what, last week, two weeks ago? Yeah, I think it was last week. Yeah. Eight week. It should be eight. Eight people. It shouldn't be 16. We could stretch it to to 16, but I think the two to three of them, if they're going to make it 12. I mean, like, if you could yeah. make it 12, Bellator would have just a fucking on fire tournament yeah make it yeah. 12 and so you're gonna end up putting probably four guys in there that you can look at and go ain't got a chance of hell of winning that where yeah. the 12 everybody in there you could say he's got a chance he's got the ability so i would say make and it you, eight go ahead and do you want one of those four that don't have a chance in hell to win it to potentially upset somebody that does like, I get there'd be a great story there, but then knowing that, that person doesn't have a chance, now you've lost one of your star, potential stars. You've got to look at look those kind of way. turns, too. I don't even I look at do. that way. I look at that I'm giving, I've got all these guys, we'll say, you know, fighting where you know eight of them have really tough fights, we'll say. Mm -hmm. And then I'm giving somebody else, maybe the champ, you know, I'm going to give them the easy fight just so they can go into the next round. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right. That's true. I think everyone true. should have that, about that that hard fight. Everyone should have to, you know, go against someone that's real, someone that can win the tournament, and that's what makes winning that tournament special. No one was given anything. So I would that's go true. with eight. That's true as well. All right, what do you got? Our next one is from Abimanu Jaw. Uh, for Big John, uh, how are referees selected for fights in an event, or is it just random? How are referees selected for fights in an event? Well, you got you, let's we'll say the UFC or Bellator. Uh, if the UFC is going to, we'll say uh, Vegas. They're going to stay in Vegas. That's their home home base. Well, the Nevada State Athletic Commission has referees that are licensed by them. You know, I had someone who asked me a question the other day. Is you know, did did you really retire or could you just go back anytime you want? When you retire, it's like you. You stop getting licensed. You stop paying a licensing fee every year. You stop doing the medicals for it. You're licensed every year. That's what allows you to work in that state. Now, that state athletic commission will only grant so many licenses, and those are to people that they believe can do the job, you know, that they're happy with the, the way they perform. So when you look at all of the officials, we'll say, that are referees in the Nevada State Athletic Commission. So you're looking at Herb Dean, Mark Goddard, Jason Herzog, Mike Beltran, Mark Smith, Chris Taglioni, Keith Peterson, Dan Mirgolata, maybe missing somebody, but those are those are the guys. So now, as the athletic commission, they will decide who that they're going to assign to that show. So they'll call or send an email out to some of the guys and say, hey, are you available on this date? When the guys come back with it, they'll put, they'll usually select about four and they'll, then they'll say, okay, you're assigned to this show. So if it's the what's July 10th, there's a show in Vegas with Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. So we'll say that they assign 
Mark Goddard. They assigned Herb Dean. They assigned Jason Herzog. And I'll give you two more since they're they're the only guys that actually live in Vegas. We'll say that Mark Smith also gets assigned and Chris Tognoni gets assigned. So we'll say there's five. So they have those five guys and they have 13 fights. Then the executive director or the assistant being Jeff Mullen will then go and say, all right, they'll break down the fights and they'll start to put people in position of which fights they're going to do. If it's a championship fight in the state of Nevada, after they decide who they want to try to put there, then they will go before the athletic commission and the athletic commission will either agree on their decision for the championship fight, who the officials are, or they will disagree and have them change it. Normally they agree. So uh, that's the way it's done. If it's Bellator, you know, and Bellator is the Mohegan Sun. It's going to be the Mohegan Sun Tribal Commission. That's run by Mike Mazzulli. He's going to be doing the exact same things. The only difference is he doesn't go before a commission as far as with the officials. He's the one that selects the officials. He's the one that puts them in that fight. He's the one that makes that choice. Does the Bellator have a choice? Sometimes. Like the prom- Well, sometimes the promotion can, can uh, got to figure... Mark Ratner is with the UFC. He's their, the vice president of regulatory affairs. Uh, with Bellator, it's Corey Schaefer is the guy that kind of runs that position. And so they will look, and at times they will go and say, look, you put so-and-so in as a judge in this. I haven't agreed with you know some of their calls and last thing. Can we switch one of these people in and out? And this is long before the fights occur. This is during the week of the show. And so... The officials don't know what they're assigned to. The judges don't know what they're assigned to, and the referees don't know what they're assigned to until they get to the show, Got unless it. it's in Nevada, and they do that commission meeting. Well, then it becomes public, so you'll know who the judges or the referee is for that fight. But the rest of the fights, Got you it. won't know unless one of them is a championship fight. Only the championship fights does that come out. Other than that, you don't know what you're refereeing or what you're judging until you get to the show that night. Got it. All right, buddy, two more. Uh, next one is from uh, Lucas. Uh, he says, hi, guys. What are your thoughts on the Khabib uh, uh, Shamzat situation uh, beef? Uh, and Kadyrov saying that Khabib is just a UFC product with easy matchups who would not last in ACA. <laughs> okay. I want to no. Go ahead, Josh. You can talk about a dictator. Go ahead. Never once you say this. Don't you ever go to Grozny. <laughs> You're going to be in trouble. <laughs> Look, I think a lot of t- I think a lot of the top fighters come out of ACA, ACB, whatever you want to call it. I think they're phenomenal athletes over there. When I talk about the that the UFC doesn't have all the best fighters, that organization is another organization that just proves it. Their fighters that come out of there fucking are animals. What Peter Yan, Magomedov, Magomed Magomedov. I mean, there's been a lot of good fighters. I mean, uh, little Usman, guys they won't little let Umar. Go. Yeah, little Umar. I mean, there's a couple guys that they won't let go. That I know Bellator just tried to sign. They're like, nope, they're going to keep them because they're such big draws. Um, and you know, you don't want to be in debt to the to the <laughs> to the to the the people who run the organization. You know, but I mean, overall, like the, their athletes are phenomenal. But do I think Khabib would uh, win that organization? He would walk through it. 
You know, don't get me wrong, they're good, but they're younger yeah. fighters. They're the fighters are young, like a lot of them are younger. That's why they want to keep them until they hit the 28, 29 years old. Then they go ahead, look, I'll bring up some the younger guy and let this guy go ahead and live his dream, whatever it is. But they're going to make as much money off of them as they possibly can and lock them down in contracts. Um, so do, do I think Khabib would have, uh, yeah, I think Khabib would be the champion there. And as far as uh, Chimeyev and what he's saying, I don't know what, I don't that know where Chimeyev, why that was all came. So we'll stop. Oh, you're making, oh, you're making okay. a mistake here, brother. Okay. Was not I, thought, a fighter I, I know there was. That. That's Katarov, who is the leader of Chechnya, who has a big part in ACA. Yeah. This is a no, I know, leader I know, of the country. I, and I now thought they were friends. Chimaev. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, if you if you see Khabib and you see, you know, him going, uh, winning fight, it's in Russia or anything like that, you see Katarov mm-hmm. there. Yeah, I think also, too, that um, Khabib's starting his own organization, so that might be what this is all about. Khabib's starting his own little small promo- his own little small promotion for some of the younger fighters to fight on. So this that might be kind of rubbing him wrong. You know, ACA um, has I don't a know program called Young Eagles. Oh, that, so there you go. I mean, I don't know. So, I mean, I don't know the details, and I'm not trying to get involved because I want to I live my life. <laughs> I wanna, but I got a lot of love for Khabib and respect for him and what he's trying uh, to do. Like, and... let, let, let's just be honest. Yeah. Kadarov is a politician. He's uh, he's the leader of the country. He may not be uh, always right. I won't say anything about that. But I'll tell you what, he's definitely wrong about this one because Khabib would beat anybody in the world. I don't care what organization. Khabib is the best lightweight in the world, no matter if you know he's retired or not now. You give him still another year, there's no one that's going to touch him. He is that good. He was that dominating. There's nobody in the UFC that can beat him, and that includes Edson Barbosa or Dustin Poirier, who have tried. Not Edson, but Dustin Poirier did. You know, and I, did I say Edson? Did I say Charles yeah, Oliveira? I've screwed up. You know, Charles Oliveira did not has not fought Khabib, but it would not end well for him. Uh, he's the best fighter in the world there's a reason why he was undefeated 29 and 0 there's a reason and it wasn't just undefeated just so dominant dominant across that's the the whole thing that's like you were saying like is john jones probably the best fighter in the world you could say yes but he wasn't as he's never he wasn't as dominant as khabib was and that's what the difference is so all right last one all right last one is from uh, aces wild mma big john what was your favorite memory in the lapd Favorite one. Were you there? Were you there in the uh, eighty nine during the riots? That was ninety two. So you know. <laughs> oh, I thought it was eighty nine. It wasn't. It was ninety two. Shit. Yeah. What was in eighty nine? Oh, the earthquake here in San Jose. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like eighty nine earthquake and ninety two. Yeah, there you go. Sorry. That's all I know. I was just. No. <laughs> I mean, it was a lot of commotion during both those those years. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> My, my, my favorite just... memory of uh, uh, LAPD, Man, I had so many memories of good times, but there's a lot of sad times. There's a lot of, uh, one of the things that people need to realize about police officers, police officers are people. They, they feel pain too. They have emotions. They see bad things. Um, it's something you, some people can compartmentalize those types of things. Some people can't. 
and uh, it's not an easy thing to live with sometimes when you see how how mean and nasty people can be to each other so the one thing i try to you know be kind be nice to everybody you know do your part to help someone if you can uh, because it's the one thing that i learned from lapd you know at the time when i was a police officer there i was a young kid and young kids are stupid and they come in thinking i'm just gonna arrest the world I was not you know? I yes, was you not. were. Trust me, you were really stupid. I knew you when you were young. <laughs> so, oh, Jesus. Yeah, the, it was horrible. You know, the, but as time goes on and you see things, you know, there was, a, there was a lot of good times and a lot of funny things. And, you know, here, I'll give you, okay, you want to see how bad it was? But this is, you, you would have, uh, you know, families would fight. And, you know, you would have grandparents. I mean, old people that would be mad at each other husband and wife I, I am tired of her i am tired of him i want to get away from all right you know you want to you know, we want a divorce how long have you been married 58 years 58 years you want a divorce <laughs> right yes i want i want i want him out i want him. he's 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 ugly he's mean okay and so you know you would take your badge all right put your hands on, on the badge you know by the powers vested me in the city of you know city of los angeles state of california i am here by saying you're you're divorced now if you want to come back after you've thought about this you can but i'm going to be call, coming back tomorrow to make sure that you want to make this legitimate right you would do things like that just to get people to calm down and they would calm yeah. down and they would say okay so we're divorced you're divorced for the night right now tomorrow if you guys want to be back it's it's all null and void but right now you're divorced and you would do those things just to make you know peace between yeah. people and just different things and you learn how to handle people so those were honestly those were the kind of memories that they're fun because the people were good people. They just, they had that night like we all have. And so you try to calm things down and they come back the next day and they're all happy. You know, and, and I would always swing by and always go by and back and just say, hey, how you guys doing? You know, and they'd be back together and, oh, he's been so much nicer to me. Good. That's the way it's supposed <laughs> to you know, and, and uh, I can just imagine. I mean, I know there's been a lot of probably bad. I know there's been a lot of bad things that you've seen. You know, not just you. I mean, like horrible things. Even as a child, yeah. Even as a child, yeah. I've seen a lot of bad things. I can't imagine being a cop and being around, especially in the L.A. area, and having to be around um, all of those things. But like you said, there's a lot of positive things to also yeah. take away from it. What you need is just calm people down. Once you calm them down, they realize, okay, look, I just overreacted. Don't let a moment of anger potentially your life the rest around. of your life yeah and that was and I've, I've been caught in a couple of situations where where it did it changed my life and it changed it actually it changed it could have been way worse but it changed my life for the good yep you know and i got lucky with yeah i got lucky with the right with the right judge though too you know and um, i just to you know just to let you guys all like in on this little thing here but just because we're getting into the uh, memorial day weekend when I say things like don't drink and drive, what I mean is I also mean like make sure that you guys just are smart about your situation. I was on a boat cruise one time and I got into a fight and I was drinking and I shouldn't have been drinking. And it was just, you know, and I knew there was people on the boat. We were on a cruise. Where the fuck are you going to go? I knew that they were on there before we left. Oh, actually, right when we took off, I could have gotten off. I probably could have just jumped off the boat and just fucking swam to shore. That's how close we were. But I decided to stay on there knowing that probably something was going to happen, you know, and uh, got in a fight, got in trouble, you know, ended up going to jail and got in a lot of trouble. Ended up doing some time, you know, about six months. And 
the bottom line is, is I was, it was conv basically convicted of felonies, but I got lucky with the judge that gave me withheld judgment. So I completed my probation successfully and all that came off my record. But had I not had that judge, I'd be sitting here in front of you guys with felonies and just my life would have been different. The whole thing would have been different. And so you need to, you need to make, make sure that you make the right choices. Don't let a moment of anger or ego and th those type of things affect you because if it does, you could ruin your life for the rest of your life. Now, my circumstances would have been a little bit different. Being a fighter, no one gives a shit whether you have a felony or not. Promotions will still sign you. You know what I mean? So you can, but it's just, it's not something you want to live with because after 40 years old, when you're done fighting, try to go get a job as a felon and a former fighter who has no real ability. You know what I mean? You know how to fight, you know how to communicate, you know how to talk, but you really don't know how to work the new, the, the new Apple software and updates and all that stuff because that's not what you did for 20 years. You know what I mean? So those are things that I have Gian and podcast day for, <laughs> you know what I mean? But these are things don't let, don't let choices, don't let a moment like that defect your, defect your, affect your life for don't the rest of Don't let a moment life, of you know? anger, so, passion change the way you're going to live your life forever. Crazy. But it takes yeah, time I to, try to, 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 re to realize that and to figure it out. Yeah. I want everyone to remember, like before we go into this uh, Memorial Day weekend is Uber is worth 40 50 bucks i don't care if it's a hundred dollars just remember that so i want to encourage everyone to make sure you guys don't drink and drive uber lyft there's also tesla loop there's tons of uh car apps you know that can they can pick you up and i'm gonna just tell you now a hundred dollars is worth it you know i've had uh family members who have uh asked you know have drink and drive and have have uh, had some issues in terms of in that department and that's not something you want to do once you get in the system it's hard to get out and so just just be safe this weekend. Spend time with your family. Enjoy the barbecue. And uh, just remember our troops and, uh, and the sacrifices they make. We want to thank you guys for listening. And Gian, thank you for filling in for Podcast Dave. Always a pleasure. And, um, you know, make sure you guys go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash weighing in. Use the promo code and still and pick up your Memorial Day shirt. If you guys can do that, please, that'd be great. Also, hit the subscribe There's button on YouTube. Still. Yeah, and still, there it is. You knew there was somewhere in there. You knew it was somewhere in there. All right, and then go to all of our audio platforms. Hit the subscribe button there as well. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all of those platforms, and our YouTube channel as well. And uh, hit that subscribe button. Hit the little bell. Some of you guys hit me up and said, hey, I hit the bell. That's why when this show dropped a little bit later than normal, you guys were able to uh, to listen to it and realize, like, hey, where's the show? Well, the show dropped a little bit later than normal. We had some issues, and we were trying to get them cleaned up. For a little bit better of a listen for you, knowing that the audio wasn't what it should have been. But we want to thank you guys for being so loyal to us. And look, I think by the end of the weekend, we'll hit that 100,000. And we want to thank you guys for that as well. Please share our videos. You know, post the videos. Tweet them out. And we'll retweet them, like them, whatever it is. And we appreciate it. Okay, guys? And uh, John, what do you got to say before Memorial Day weekend? Last thing I got to say is everyone out there, go have a good time. Spend it with friends and family. Enjoy yourselves. Be kind to each other. And... Do not get in trouble because it's not worth it. Walk away, but have fun, and we will see you.